Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and social media conciliary. Today's guest is Austin Samuelson, co-founder of Tacos for Life. Today's episode is brought to you by Consumer Fusion. Citrin Cooperman and OneUp Web. When it comes to franchise marketing, OneUp Web has more than a team that anticipates your needs and improves your metrics. They're an agency that's been successfully supporting franchises for more than 20 years. And I don't just mean those they're working with. The franchise marketing playbook they put out a while ago was great. Their monthly franchise forward newsletter is a must read, and their website is filled with other great marketing information. Go check it out now, oneupweb.com slash socialgeek to learn more about them and snag some valuable resources. Austin Samuelson is joining us today. He's the co-founder of Tacos for Life. Welcome to the show, Austin. Thanks for having me on, Jack. I, I love the name and I love the mission and everything that I've read about Tacos for Life. Before we get to the brand itself and what you guys are doing, give me a little background on yourself. What's your story? Yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago if uh, we would be in the restaurant space, I, I probably would have laughed at you. <laughs> Not because I didn't want to be in the space. It just uh, was a, a kind of came out of uh, out of nowhere for us. And uh, just tell you a quick story what happened uh, for my wife and I, we were, uh, she was a school teacher and I was working in commercial real estate and we started to learn about hunger and we were, uh, we were learning about hunger locally. Uh, we were living in Los Angeles at the time and also learning about hunger around the world. And we heard a, st- a statistic uh, that said uh, at, at that time, uh, this was back in 2009, uh, we uh, heard a statistic that said uh, 18,000 children um, die every day from starvation. Wow. And uh, man, that just, uh, it, it hit us pretty hard. We didn't know what to do with it. We wrestled with that. We, uh, we, we read, we researched, we volunteered, we, uh, we donated, we did all the things uh, for several years and uh, just kind of kept wrestling with this reality that there was this big need out there. And uh and it ultimately led us to the restaurant industry. And uh, it really came out of the idea. This was, uh, you know, 10 years ago now, um, you know, Tom's Shoes was really popular. Yeah, and sure. We've seen them everywhere. We all had them, you know. And uh, their whole concept is to buy a pair of shoes and they donate a pair of shoes. And uh, Jack, having never worked in a restaurant before, I had this idea how hard could that be for a restaurant to do that right <laughs> and uh, i've since learned that that's a little bit of a crazy question but yeah but uh, if you knew you might not have done this right you you might you might not exactly. have gone down this road so uh sometimes not knowing is a really good thing bliss, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, what I find fascinating about this is, you know, we see a lot of brands out there who are doing, you know, really terrific things and helping a lot of people and, and raising a lot of awareness and money for something. But typically they have a brand or a business first, and then they go out and decide, you know, who they're going to work with and help and, and you know, maybe change a little direction there. But the two of you actually started with the mission and the tacos or food concept or whatever it grew into came second, right? 
Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, it really started with that. It started with pizza. And then um, we uh, we <laughs> we kind of kept iterating and kept changing and tweaking. And, and ultimately, uh, we arrived at tacos through our second restaurant. Uh, just simply because we felt like, hey, if we uh, went into the taco space, uh, they're popular. We love to eat tacos. I mean, who doesn't love great tacos, right? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the food is great. You can do all kinds of fun things with them. But then uh, on the flip side, too, every time we sell a taco, we donate a meal to a child in need. Whereas with a pizza, you know, we we're donating one meal. So we we're able to follow the one for one model, keep it very clear. Um, but also uh, really ramp up the giving side, which was cool. Yeah, and I want to reiterate that. For every meal that's purchased at Tacos for Life, you're donating an entire entree to um, what what groups are you working with that, that do the distribution and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So every time, the, the way we like to say it most simply and, and purely is every time we sell a taco, a salad, a case quesadilla, a rice bowl, we donate a meal to a child in need. And we, uh, we work specifically with an organization called Feed My Starving Children. Uh, they're based out of Minneapolis. They, uh, they send food all over the world uh, to over 70 countries uh, around the world. Um, and uh, they're, they're a phenomenal organization. 90 cents on every dollar you send them goes directly to feeding, you know, very trustworthy wow. organization that's getting wow. food to, to the places that need it the most. Yeah. I like that ratio. Yeah, so that's that's, uh, that's a great number. Model works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I I read you're you're approaching a milestone sooner, or maybe you've already hit that. What what milestone number are we looking at here? Oh yeah, so we uh, we passed the twenty million meals donated mark. Wow. Actually, uh, it's, it's we're already on twenty one million. It's starting the <laughs> snowball, is starting to build, and it's yeah, just, it's just incredible. Our guests are so loyal, and they're just. Our, our team is bought in, our guests are bought in, and it's, it's just incredible. And we talk about it all the time. It's not Tacos for Life donating the meals. You know, we're just, a, a, we just facilitate it because uh, it takes, you know, our really loyal guest base uh, eating with us and continuing to eat with us to make it possible. Yeah, and I think um, I, I'm going to get into franchising here in just a minute, but um, th- I, I'm assuming that's how you're scaling this out. You you probably hit a certain level of how much you can help with just having one, two, three stores, something like that. And and do you see franchising as the way that you're you're really gonna, you know, accelerate this thing and scale it way out beyond anybody's dreams? Yeah, that's that's where we think the future lies. You know, we opened the first tacos for life in 2014. Uh, we're about to open location number 19 next week. The uh, the first uh, you know the, the first handful of locations we have 12 company locations that are corporate owned mm-hmm. and um, they're all here in Arkansas, uh, pretty close by you know so that we can manage them. And we really started we we started franchising in 2017 um, and just you know we we sold a few franchises. We've worked very closely with those franchisees. Uh, they're great partners. Um, but we really, we really went slow. We kind of put it on pause, kept uh, refining on the corporate side of things to make sure the model was right. You know, because with our mission, we have to operate really efficiently sure. uh, to make it a, a profitable business venture for a franchisee. So uh, we've really been working and kind of uh, refining that model and uh, 
spent the last you know seven years doing that and, and really feel like okay we're we're ready to to grow on the franchise side uh, we've got uh, 20 locations in the pipeline in some form, uh, you know, from one, one one place or another in the pipeline that we'll see open in the next few years. And very excited because, you know, every three restaurants we open uh, will raise about a million meals a year. So wow. you think about the multiplying yeah. effect on that and yeah. uh, the, the good that we can do is pretty incredible. So tell me about the franchisees that have come on board with you. I, I assume there's sort of a, a whole nother level of, conversations and and um specific traits that you're looking for with people where it isn't just opening a restaurant and doing well it's it's uh opening this franchise and also having somebody who is who is in tune with your mission yes yeah that's um and that was part of the learning process you know and uh while we took our time kind of getting into this but we've learned it's got to be an individual uh, that is um, equally focused on running a profitable, great restaurant. Uh, it's a good operator, a good businessman or woman, um, but is just as equally uh, passionate about the mission. And the reality is for us, you know, the, uh, the meal donation side of things, if you quantify that off the top end, it, 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 it hits you at about three and a half to 4%. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so if, if it's all about the mission, the business won't be profitable and the mission won't continue, right? Um, yeah. It'll be a poorly run location and it won't survive. If it's all about the business and not the mission, then the mission gets lost and it, it kind of becomes the gimmicky marketing thing. And, and we, that actually doesn't work either. So, yeah. uh, so it has to be this very even balanced approach to the mission and to the business side. Um, and, and so that's really important to us. Um, as we're uh, talking to prospective franchisees and uh, working through that. How did the, uh, the pandemic and the lockdown and, and everything else affect you guys over the, the past year and a half? I'm, I'm sure it accelerated the need for some people to uh, get a meal, um, but it probably also accelerated the attractiveness of, of somebody getting, you know, some good tacos via carryout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly put the mission in perspective, especially in those first early days of the lockdown of, of seeing, you know, when we're here in Arkansas with most of our restaurants, few in North Carolina and Texas, and, um, you know, seeing us go to, to uh, carry out only, uh, being in a, a concept that was primarily dine-in, you know, mm-hmm. every single uh, meal we raised, we knew mattered. And so it really drew us back to the mission. Um, we never stopped donating meals uh throughout that entire time and uh so that was really important thing for us to draw back to and remind our team the why you know and and we try to do that every day but it really crystallized it in that time just uh from a business standpoint you know we uh we had drive-thrus on all of our locations except for two but you know we uh we jokingly said the drive-thru was just kind of this uh this nice to have you know 60 to 70 (laughs) percent of our sales were still dine-in you know and uh I mean, we're a scratch, we're a cook from scratch uh, taco shop. So, um, you know, we, we put a lot of effort into the way these things are crafted, these tacos, and, and we make them fresh to order. And uh, I mean, it's not, um, it's not, you know, a bag and box food, you know, it, it's just real food that we're making. So we, we always said, yeah, we have a drive through and it's there if the guest wants it. And, and we'd have our, and our guests would tell us, yeah, we, we like it. Just bring a book when you sit in the drive through, you know, it's going to take forever. <laughs> going to take and, a while. Uh, yeah. It just was 
Yeah, yeah. And and we always said, well, you know, that's okay because the food is real, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we learned, you know, when when the dining rooms were closed, and that was our only form of being able to, or primarily our only form of, uh, of doing business, we learned really quickly, quickly that we can and indeed uh, provide this great quality uh, scratch-made food, and we can we can serve it to you with an average drive-through time of five minutes or less, which I know for the fast food guys, you know, that's an eternity, but in our world, that, that's actually pretty quick, and uh we saw um, just immediately overnight, we, we were hearing from our guests of like, oh my gosh, um, we, we will eat with you. We eat with you now two times a week, you know, um, because it, it's easy. It's convenient. We can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll wait a few extra minutes, um, you know, whereas we're not uh, going through the fast food line. Uh, we'll wait a few extra minutes where before you asked me to wait 20 extra minutes or whatever the extreme was. So um, it was um, in the pandemic has been a horrible thing. But for us as a business, the one the one good thing that came out of it was this realization of like, okay, even though we are a scratch made concept, we can be fast, and the speed really does matter. And uh, you know, for for a lot of folks listening out there, they'd probably say, yeah, of course, uh, you know. But um, it really it kind of took this you know whole, whole transition to kind of jar us on that, and and it's been a great um, growth curve since then. You know, it's been yeah. really good for us. Back in a moment after this word from Citroen Cooperman. Citroen Cooperman is proud to be the home of one of the leading franchising practices in the country. With over 40 years of franchise experience, Citroen Cooperman provides a full range of services to a vast number of franchise concepts. They work with a wide range of owners, operators, controllers, CFOs, and a wide range of franchisors and multi-unit franchisees to help them establish their brands and grow their businesses to the next level. The Citroen Cooperman franchise practice is comprised of experienced CFE-accredited professionals, providing franchisors and multi-unit franchisees the guidance and insight they need to minimize uncertainty, meet compliance and contractual obligations, and stay focused on serving their franchisees, customers, and building their businesses. For more information, please contact Aaron Chaitovsky and Michael Iannuzzi at CitroenCooperman.com. Do you see that trend continuing even, you know, I assume most of your uh, your uh, dining space is back open and, and, and it's all full service again. Do you see that trend of mm-hmm. the, the drive-through and the carry-out and that kind of thing still being popular uh, as, as people's habits maybe have changed throughout the pandemic? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it's some habit change and then some we've just earned some trust with the guests. You know, like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, um, where, you know, you can trust that you can now, you know, stop in on your way to soccer practice or on your lunch break. Um, so that's been good. Um, you know, for us, you know, uh, we're, we're still, uh, I was looking at the numbers last week. We're, you know, 40, uh, to 45% dine in at the very most, you know, so there's still a lot of, a lot of drive through, a lot of, uh, a lot of carry out. Uh, we're, we do a lot of catering and, and the catering mm. business is coming back very quickly, uh, which is great as well. Um, but yeah, you know, you go from 60% dine in to 45 and that's a, that's a pretty big change, but that's a big we, number, love, yeah. we love it because, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's allowed us to grow and adapt though in a good way. 
You know, you really have had uh, quite a crash course in just a few years on becoming a restaurateur and and now also becoming a franchisor. So, um, you know, you you have kind of a unique perspective that you haven't been doing this for 25 years or something like that, that a, a lot of the franchisors have been. Do you see anything else coming our way, you know, maybe uh, sort of leveling out the number of of drive-through customer versus sit-down or the growth that you're seeing right now in your franchise sales. Any other trends or or something that you see happening in 2022 that you'd like to share with the rest of the community? You know, I think um I think for all of us struggling on the labor side, just mm-hmm. this uh the concept of really clarifying who we are and what we're about as a business. Um, you know, whether you have a mission or don't have a mission. Um, just being really clear about that. And I think uh, I think it'll allow all of us to be able to attract and retrain, retain the right type of uh, team members um, and management staff. And so I think uh, I, had, I had someone tell me last week that I really respect that uh, really has their ear to the ground on the labor side. And, you know, that he said, Austin, you need to settle in. This is going to, we're going to face these challenges for the next 18 months, you know, is what his, his, his view on it was. Right. And, uh, and I think this could be more challenging than, than actually the pandemic itself in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, the shutdowns, sure. Uh, sure. This, you know, whether it be the, this, the really, uh, a steep rise in food costs and then, you know, and then the, just, uh, the staffing challenges. But I think for us, that's, that's really been our focus and, and I, you know, I've really settled in and clarifying who we are, what we're about, and uh, and how we can serve our team the best and, and attract the right the right folks to the team. Excellent. Because we're all out there looking, right? You yeah, know? yeah, so that's the all, thing. Everybody's hiring. And, and I think you said something there that's really interesting. You know, maybe your mission is something that would attract uh, a team member who is looking at a, a job at another concept or a job with one of your franchisees. And that mission might actually make them say, no, I, w- I want to work with these guys. So, so I think, you know, having that mission maybe fills another role too in making your uh, company stores and your franchisees a little bit more attractive to some people who really might want to join that mission. Yeah, there's no doubt. So uh, Austin, before we go, if anybody would like to learn a little bit more what you're all about, uh, about the, the, the food, the places, the locations, or, or perhaps even becoming a franchisee, where can we send them? Yeah, so we have a, we just uh, launched a new website a few months ago, and I, I really love the, the look and feel of it. So go there, go to tacosforlife.com. You're going to learn all about our mission, you're going to see our menu, our, our great food offering. Uh, you'll see how the mission works and, and the real mechanics behind it, which is very simple, but but you get to see stories and faces of the kids that it's impacting, which is cool. And then, of course, uh, all the information about franchising is on there, and uh, we would love to talk to you. Before we go, a quick word from Consumer Fusion. 
Consumer Fusion is the only all-in-one reputation management provider that helps remove inappropriate content online. 80% of consumers say that a negative review has prevented them from choosing a business. Consumer Fusion has removed over 60,000 illegitimate negative reviews across major directory sites like Google, Facebook, Indeed, and Yelp. Check them out at consumerfusion.com slash franchise. Consumer Fusion, keeping reviews honest. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.